Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Wednesday, November 9th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We visit the Sunflower State today, Kansas State and Kansas, with the beat writers, Kevis Robinette and Gary Bedore. At the intersection of football and basketball, there is plenty to discuss. Both football teams remain in the conference title chase, and the Wildcats have another showdown game this weekend, this one at Baylor. Kels and I discuss what's going on at quarterback between Adrian Martinez and Will Howard and how it's likely to play out over the rest of the season. Our hoops talk includes why Coach Jerome Tang decided to redshirt three players. After a break, Gary breaks down KU's first basketball victory, a game played without Bill Self on the bench. He served the first of his four-game school-imposed suspension. So where did he watch the game? Gary tells us. By the way, the reigning NCAA champion looked good in its opening. And we talk about KU's football victory over Oklahoma State last weekend that means the Jayhawks are heading to a bowl game this season. Who saw that coming? Okay, let's get started. Tell us, I thought Kansas State fought an uphill battle the entire night against Texas and had a a possession at the end with with a chance to tie but but didn't get it done. uh, What was your bottom line? from that, especially coming off of the big victory over Oklahoma State. I, I thought I thought K-State was poised to end the losing streak to the Longhorns, but just couldn't get it done. Yeah, I did too. I thought it was a good spot for Kansas State, um, but the problem is they just fell too far behind in the first half. Texas is an absolutely electric first half team and a absolutely dismal second half team. That's what I've seen from them all season. Um, if they could if they could close out games without just huge leads, they would be undefeated. They lost to Alabama by one because they didn't know how to close it out. Uh, lost to Texas Tech in overtime because they couldn't hold on to a lead. Lost to Oklahoma State at the bitter end because they couldn't hold on to a lead. Well, they tried to do the same thing against Kansas State, but they were up so much in the first half, it did not matter. Um, and, you know, Kansas State, uh, I, I – the one thing I'll say that I think worked against him in this game was losing Julius Brents on the fourth play of the game to a targeting penalty that while technically correct, just stings because he's not, he wasn't out there intentionally trying to level the guy. Uh, he just in an awkward situation, his helmet hit his, his helmet letter of the law. Yes. He's got to leave the game, but at the same time, it's like, you know, just, a, it just, just a, a big loss for them. He means so much to that defense without him in there. Um, I, I think that just threw them off a little bit, and Texas responded by just giving the ball to their two really good running backs, and they made Kansas State pay dearly. Um, you know, looking back, you maybe think, well, if Adrian Martinez doesn't throw an interception at the end of the first half, if he doesn't have a fumble late in the game, maybe they win anyway. You could certainly say that. You know, you could even say maybe if Will Howard goes out there and plays and he's still got his hot hand, maybe they win. I don't know, but the bottom line, you can't, you can't give up 352 yards and 31 points and a half and expect to win. That's what they did, and they eliminated any chance of Texas really feeling pressure at the end. Speaking of Adrian Martinez and Will Howard, a lot of mystery going into the game, who was going to get the start. I was of the opinion that it was going to be Martinez. Others thought it was going to be Will Howard. turned out to be Adrian Martinez. Um, Where does it stand right now? What is Chris Kleiman saying about his quarterback position and plans for Will Howard going forward? So pretty much um, this is both from what Chris Kleiman told us on Tuesday's weekly press conference from some info I've gathered behind the scenes is basically that the Will Howard very much wants to red shirts. Um, yes, he, he was playing red hot. Um, yes, he 
could have stayed in there and maybe led Kansas State to a Big 12 championship. But at the same time, he this is his third season at Kansas State. He didn't want to go go through it having played, you know, five, six games and losing three years of eligibility. He wanted to have those for later down the line. That's what they talked about all season. That was the plan. He wants to stick to it. Um, all things being equal, there's not a huge difference between Adrian Martinez and Will Howard. It's not like one is incapable. I mean, you put Martinez in there, he throws for 329 yards. Pretty good game. Uh, you know, take away the turnovers, and it's arguably his best game in Kansas State uniform. Um, so pretty much that was it. It was kind of a coin flip. Will Howard feels strongly. The coaching staff, you know, it's been their plan all along, too. If, if they could work it out, they'd like to redshirt him. Stick with that plan. Let's go with Martinez. That was pretty much it. Um, the only hiccup would have been if Adrian wasn't healthy. Turned out he was. Um, they said in hindsight they went ahead and made the call on Friday. It wasn't even technically a game, game time decision. They knew going into Saturday Adrian was going to start. I mean, I'm still a little surprised they went that way. Uh, I know you and me talked about it last week. I thought Will was playing so hot. You know, I, in my mind, you don't send a guy to the bench who just threw for 296 yards and four touchdowns. That's what they decided to do. Um, I was surprised it was so clearly Martinez, but that's kind of their thinking mind. Well, do you think the outcome of Texas changes if it's Will Howard over Adrian Martinez? Uh, I mean, going into the game, if you'd have told me either way, they're starting Will Howard. I think I'd have given them a bump. If you'd have said they're starting Adrian Martinez, I would have said, well, I probably like Texas a little bit more now. But looking back, I don't know that you can say, you know, one way or the other that that game was decided by quarterback. Because like I said, Adrian Martinez played pretty well, 329 yards passing, uh, made some nice plays on the ground. And honestly, um, Will, as much as he opens the offense up with his arm, isn't quite as mobile and they needed mobility in this game because Kansas state's offensive line was just uh, overmatched at times and really could have given up five, six, seven sacks, except for the fact that Adrian used his legs and got away from those defensive tackles just coming through right at him. So that's one thing Chris Kleiman said at his press conference was he maybe avoided uh, and saved them four sacks if somebody else had been out there. So no, um, I mean, I still, I still would have played Howard. I'll stick to my guns on that. You stick with a hot hand, but, no, I don't think the outcome really would have changed. The the only, I mean, if Will would have played a perfect game, then sure. Yeah, they could have won. But no, I'm not pinning that on the quarterback. This right. Time. Well, the, you, could say, you could say the same thing about Martinez as well, if he'd played the perfect game. You know, he had the, you know, had the, um, the as you said, the interception, first one of the season uh, for, mm-hmm. for for a K-State quarterback, right? Uh, not just for Martinez, but for, for, the, for the Wildcats. All right, Baylor is next. I don't know what to make of the Bears. I, I said on a show earlier this week, I thought Baylor would win, but on second thought, I I kind of I like how what I've seen over the Chris Kleiman era when it comes to responding to losses. Um, uh, I, I don't know what to make of it. I, I, <laughs> so I, I'm dishing it to you. What, what do you make <laughs> of, of, of K-State Baylor this week? They've you know, Baylor, the defending Big 12 champ, but they, they have the identical record as Kansas State, right? Mm-hmm. Four and two in the league, six and three overall. Also part of the Big 12 race, along with the Wildcats and, and Texas, um, with all, all chasing TCU. Um, I, I didn't see the line. Is, is Baylor a slight favorite in this game? They're about a field goal. Okay, home, fi- home field. Um, but I, I, I guess I, I'm, I'm, I, can, I see it as a coin toss game. Just total coin toss. So how about you? 
I mean, certainly both teams, either one can win. It's not one where it's, uh, you know, you'll be shocked either way. Um, I think I like the Bears in this one, which is great news for Kansas State fans because I've not been able to accurately pick this team in a while. Um, But I'll tell you why I like the Bears, and you can run out and put your money on on Kansas State as a lock. Uh, But I I just – I think Baylor is playing really good right now. Um, They had their – you know, they didn't get off to a great start this season. They lose at BYU. They lose at home to Oklahoma State. Um, they lose to West Virginia, but those losses were a little bit deceiving. They lost at BYU when they were at full strength. They lost to Oklahoma State before half their team was decimated by injury. They lost to uh, West Virginia on the road, barely, and I mean barely, and that was only because Blake Shapin was knocked out of the game with a concussion. If he's in there, I bet they win. The last couple of games, they've really found their identity running the ball. Um, they've mauled teams. I think they figured a lot of things out when they hosted Kansas, Kansas at home. They got right in that game. They went to Texas Tech, beat the pants off of them in Lubbock, which isn't easy to do. And then they go on the road last week against Oklahoma. Even though they're struggling, they just run it down their throats and win. Um, I think that's what makes this a difficult matchup for Kansas State. When they have lost this season, it's been because they can't stop the run. TCU granted it out on them. Texas ran all over them last week. Tulane did the same thing. Slow-paced game. We'll run. We'll the chains on the ground. That's what Baylor can do, too. Yes, they don't have Bijan Robinson. Yes, they don't have Roshan Johnson, but they've got four guys, four different running backs who scored touchdowns last week against Oklahoma. And it was comical in the fourth quarter of that game, watching the Sooners try to get off the field. Baylor had a late lead. The whole fourth quarter pretty much just handoff right, handoff left, six-yard gain, seven-yard gain, eight-yard gain. Oklahoma could do nothing to stop it. And I understand Kansas State has a better defense than Oklahoma, but just looking at that made me think, man, if if Baylor gets a lead in this game, it's going to be very hard for Kansas State to come back. Um, the one thing that does make me give me hope for the Wildcats is, like you said, they have responded well this season. And not only that, they've responded well on the road. Um, when they lost to Tulane, they rebounded and beat Oklahoma when people didn't think they would. Um, when they lost to TCU, they come back home and beat Oklahoma State when people didn't think they would. So when their back has been against the wall, they've responded quite well. The only caveat I would throw in there is that Oklahoma and Oklahoma State both turned out to be not very good. Right. Um, the Sooners have been bad since they beat them. And the Cowboys, like, ha- had they beaten the Cowboys two weeks earlier, that would have been a great win. But you could tell when they went to KU last week without Sanders and half their team, just it's just like a JV squad right now. Maybe that explains a little bit why they beat them so badly. Um, so I I don't know. I, it, I lean Baylor, but it certainly could go either way. Um, Baylor has a pretty interesting remaining schedule. They haven't played TCU or Texas this year. So they get the, they get the, the, the top three contenders in the final three weeks. So Baylor, exactly. as much as anybody controls, you know, uh, it, it's fate when it comes to finishing first or se- well, finishing first or second in the, uh, in the race to, to play in the big 12 championship game. So um, heck it might come down to uh, that final game where they, I think they go to Texas. Uh, they, they play Texas. I forgot where that game is on the final weekend of, of the season. All right. Hey, uh, f- hey, quick injury update. How about the wide receivers who got hurt against Texas? Um, what, what is Chris Kleiman saying about them? Yeah, so finally we get a fully healthy quarterback with Kansas State, and now all of a sudden uh, we don't know who they're going to be throwing the ball to. Um, Cade Warner, uh, after the game, he played and finished, didn't really look beat up, but then he comes into the press conference wearing a walking boot on his right foot. Um, played it off, said it's no big deal. He's been doing it all season. Um, but, uh, <laughs> after all the time I've seen with Kansas state basketball players wearing walking boots over the year, which seem to be constantly not a good sign. Um, even if it's a precaution, 
I think he'll play, but not at 100%. And Malik Knowles, um, their, their downfield, their best downfield threat, was unable to finish the game with, I believe, an ankle injury. I'm not sure. I can just say a lower body, sorry, lower body injury, something below the waist. Couldn't finish it out. Um, they have not been practicing early on this week. The, the hope and expectation is they both will practice on a limited basis as the week goes on, and they'll be available against Baylor. But that's one more reason that, um, you know, Kansas State could have some problems at, uh, at Baylor if they don't have their two, be- two of their best receivers out there. Definitely something to monitor pregame. Solid opening game win for Jerome Tang and, um, and, and the Wildcats basketball team. One of the storylines from, from the win over uh, Rio, uh, Rio Grande, was it Rio, Rio Grande Valley? If I, don't, if I forgot. The University of Texas at Rio Grande Valley at Edinburgh, Texas. <laughs> there you go. Quite a mouthful. Um, the, the, it was the first team. I've never had to do this before. When I was writing my preview, I had absolutely no idea what their nickname was, what they called themselves, what their mascot was. No clue. Any guess? You think you know? I usually, I, I usually know my nicknames, but now that you mentioned it, no, I don't know their nickname. Uh, well, it was actually pretty uh, pretty appropriate down there on the uh, USA-Mexico border, the Vaqueros, uh, Cowboys in Spanish. I like so. it. I like it. Um, yeah, I had no idea. No idea. Well, one of the interesting developments was not – about who started or who played it was who didn't play and who, who wasn't in uniform that day uh so what did Jerome Tang say about uh red shirting some of his players yeah that was interesting um I've never seen a Kansas State team decide to voluntarily redshirt three healthy players before pretty much a quarter quarter of their roster um because you know if you run into injuries at any point during the season you might need those dudes so uh, that's certainly why Bruce Weber rarely ever uh, registered anybody because they were always hurt. But yes, uh, Jerome Tang um, decided he's going to leave Jarrell Colbert, Taj Manning, and Anthony Thomas on the bench this season. And he was very excited about it, actually. He said after uh, the game, he thought this moves Kansas State as a program ahead two years because uh, they don't have to recruit, you know, three, three extra guys later on down the road. Um, I think it's a good move with Taj Manning and Anthony Thomas. There's just not a whole lot of uh, there wasn't a whole lot of playing time available for those two guys this season. And I really like Manning as a freshman. I like his body. I like what I've seen from him in practice. Get him a year of development. Get him a little bit stronger. He could really help them, uh, you know, in three years as opposed to right now. The one that did surprise me was Jarrell Colbert, a former four-star guy that they got out of LSU as a transfer last season. He now granted this was against Washburn, so take it for a grain of salt. They don't have many tall people over there. He played eight minutes in an exhibition game against them and had five blocks, <laughs> almost a block per minute against these D2 guys. Also had five points and a rebound. Um, I was surprised to see that. And then the next game, oh, he's he's you know a developmental project. Um, that surprised me, especially because I don't love the fives they have in there. I mean, they're solid. David Nagusin and uh, uh, Baby, I'm not even going to try to say his last name, but the, the transfer they got at the last minute, those guys, you know, they're fine. They'll, they'll play this good this year. Um, but I really like Colbert's upside, and maybe that's why they decided to, to redshirt him. Uh, he's, you know, his upside is there. He hasn't realized it just let yet. Got a lot of potential. Put him behind the scenes and let him be on the scout team. And, um, yeah, that's what they're going with. So they're just going to go with 10 guys. Interesting. All right. Hey, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, you'll hear from Gary Bedore talking Kansas Jayhawks. So, Kellis, always great catching up and we'll do it again soon. All right, Blair, anytime. 
Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all of the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the Star has to offer digitally, including sports and the e-edition. Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says start a subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. We stay in the Big 12 and in the Sunflower State with Gary Bedore, who covers Kansas. And Gary, my first question to you is, where did Bill Self locate himself for the Kansas game earlier this week, the first game of his four-game self-imposed suspension? He watched the game at his house in West, in West Lawrence. Uh, he's not allowed to be... Uh, have any contact with the coaches or players on game days. So I don't know if he went into the office earlier that day, but he went home to, he was at home to watch it. And uh, I assume he had to stream it. I mean, I don't know how uh, technical the coaches are. They've got all the services for games, but uh, he watched it at home. You remember, I remember when, when Big 12 Plus was launched, and maybe a year after that or so, everybody everybody was mad about it, right? Because it's you had to pay back then four ninety nine a month to have that streaming service. And I can remember about a year later, Bill saying he still didn't have it. <laughs> you know, oh, that's right. Yeah, he, he was getting complaints from fans about it, like he could do anything about it. But uh, but I just remember him telling us that he didn't even subscribe to it. But you're right. I. Um, when these more and more games being uh, offered on a streaming service, you better have it if you want to watch your favorite college team. Uh, big 12 was one of the first ones to use the streaming in a big way. And, um, and, and it's only going to move more toward that going, going forward. So, uh, but what is it? It's three more games, right? That he will not be able to uh, join his team on the bench. Right. So, uh, He'll be able to coach the game in the Bahamas. Will be his first game back. NC State, I think they open. No, uh, I forget. NC State, maybe. But uh, he won't be there for the Champions Classic against Duke. He won't be there Thursday for North Dakota State. And then Southern Utah at home after the Duke game. So, Norm Roberts will coach a healthy four games and they'd love to go undefeated, but you know how all these games are. Anything can happen, especially the Duke game. Yep, for sure. Hey, has uh, Kansas or the NCAA or whoever makes this decision, I think it's the school that decides. Have they decided about, you know, the record, uh, whose you know, coaching record these games are going to be assigned <laughs> to? Is it going to be Norm Roberts or is it going to be Bill or – I think I think I read where it's up to the school yeah. to determine it. <clears throat> yes, they decided to call it a program win or a program loss. So Self will not have it on his record, and Norm will not have the games on his record, a program category. <laughs> so that's what they're going to do. Interesting. I don't I don't know if I've heard that, but that's that's interesting. Uh, so no 
no coach will get credit for no for what happens in these four games um, that that Kansas played while Bill was on suspension. Okay, right. so they they had about a twenty five point victory or something like that over Omaha in the opener, and I thought you know from what what I saw of it, they, I, Kansas played well, um, especially offensively with. You know, with, with the, um, you know, a few familiar names back, everybody knows, you know, Dewan Harris and and, uh, and Jalen Wilson, of course, among others. Uh, but, I, you know, I to me, I was just impre- as impressed with newcomers like uh, Grady Dick and Kevin McCuller. And uh, I, I thought overall it went well. You covered the game. What were your thoughts? They had a lot of good and uh, excellent individual performances. Grady Dick, his debut was uh, over 20 points. Jalen Wilson had almost a triple-double, 19, 11 rebounds, 7 assists. Mm. So uh, he almost, in the opener, had a triple-double. Bobby Pettiford off the bench hit, I believe it was 6 of 7 shots, uh, 5 of 6 or 6 of 7 for double-figure scoring. Ernest Uday had 5 rebounds played pretty well, really well the second half, had a block shot that keyed a run that stretched the lead from 7 to 17 in that run because Omaha was staying relatively close to only be down by 7 in the second half. Um, Dewan Harris had a lot of assists again to go with. I think he had 10 or 11 points, and – a lot of guys play well. Kevin McCuller self said on his radio show yesterday, um, might have been the most important guy in the game because he keyed a 10 0 run with his steals and stuff. So, uh, they did have a lot of highlights, and uh, Jalen Wilson was reliable, uh, from the outside again. He's shooting pretty well. Grady Dick, four for six from three. So uh, a lot of things to build on as they uh, move forward here. So, um, you know, when I look at this Kansas team, I I think you can just take it for granted that, you know, Harris and Wilson, McCuller are, are locked in starters. I think Grady Dick will be too. Do, how about the fifth starter for Kansas? Do you think, do you think, this, do you see that as a kind of a work in progress? For KU, that Bill may try uh, some some different combinations to to see who that fifth starter is. I think so. They really love KJ Adams, who got the start. Um, yep. He's not a a true five. He's not tall like Doke Azabuke and David McCormack. He's not into the six eleven seven foot range. So. Ernest Uday started the exhibition game at 6'11". He's more of your prototypical big that KU fans are used to. You lob it to him. He blocks shots. So it's you're right. The four spots are full as long as those guys stay healthy. Self said that again last night. So Grady Dick will be the starter. But the fifth, it's a matter of when Ernest is ready, I think he'll be the guy because KU really likes to play inside out. And KJ is actually a, you know, a wing, a forward who can play the five. 
but self was saying you know the kid is such a workhorse and he said he's so strong you can't move kj adams around so i would think he'll probably get the starting nod for a little longer because they love him so much what he brings in terms of sturdiness and stuff he can't he's got a, he struggles from the outside Ernest is a total inside player he won't be he won't be going out there so uh four starters set probably KJ or Ernest um unless he really goes small in some games and well, plays is- another guard or something Right, right, which is always possible too. I mean, yeah. Um, well, and this this will show my age, Gary. Um, but you'll remember him as well when you talk about KJ Adams. I haven't seen enough of him and to 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 believe that this is like a direct comparison. But in terms of his production and the way he plays, I think of Richard Scott. Yeah, <laughs> you know, six six seven rebounding, just a you know a terrific rebounder. Not necessarily an offensive player, but nobody worked harder around the boards than than he did. Yes, I think Richard Scott's a good comparison because he was a immovable object too. Um, so that's a good comparison. Uh, I don't know who to compare Grady Dick to. Somebody was saying Clay Thompson, but I I don't know if Clay is taller. Isn't Clay a little bit taller? So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. There's a lot of comparisons, but that's a good one with Richard Scott because he was not tall enough to be a traditional big, but he was definitely a a bruiser and a good one. Yeah, and of course, Richard Scott played in the pre-podcast era. Uh, so for yeah for the for younger Kansas fans, he played in the early '90s. I think '94 was his last year at Kansas, and played on some terrific teams for Roy Williams. And the other thing I remember about him was he was a poor free throw shooter. So, you know, yeah. he'd, uh, you know, he'd bang at the boards, uh, but you didn't want to see him at the free throw line. Cause I think he was like under 40% for at least his one or two of his years at, at KU. But anyway, all right, Gary, let's, uh, let's switch sports. You were at the kind of historic game on Saturday for Kansas. They, uh, they take down, a, an Oklahoma State team that, of course, was playing without its starting quarterback, Spencer Saunders, because of an injury. and But but Kansas just played really well, ended the three-game losing streak, and won its sixth game. And, of course, the significance of that is we've got a um, – Kansas is bowl eligible, and now we get to play the bowl speculation game. You know, the Kansas is part of the bowl projections, officially part of the bowl projections. And – you know, where they might play sometime in late December or early January. Um, I saw you had a great photograph from the press box looking down on the scene on the field. I wasn't surprised they they rushed the field and took down the goalpost. That's, you know, it's been a long time since they've, since they've done that for uh, becoming bowl eligible or having a great victory, but uh, kind of fun to see that on Saturday. Yeah, the students waited to knock the goalpost down until they got bowl eligible because in some other games they stormed but uh yeah for any win any victory yeah they they came down and did kind of like what high school teams do in basketball sometimes they they rush but they rush their own guys and they just (laughs) you know 
wanted well they do that in college too i think that when k-state storms in basketball they just rush their own players and yeah. celebrate with them but uh they they tore the posts down pretty quickly marched them up to potter lake where they uh, dumped them in there and then a couple guys dug them out of the potter lake which is and dragged them up to campus so I assume a dorm or a fraternity has the goalposts in their their place because somebody did, a friend of mine was over there and somebody did jump in and grab the posts and take them out of the lake. So uh, KU fans are really happy with the bowl game. A lot of football to be played. So a lot of people are saying they'll play Missouri in a bowl, but KU could you know, if they win two of the next three, they're still in the hunt for the Big 12 championship. How crazy is that to think about? And, uh, and of course, you know, everybody around here would just love the, the spectacle of a Kansas-Missouri bowl game. A bowl would love the spectacle of a Kansas-Missouri bowl game because it would be one of the lower-level bowls. Yeah. All of a sudden, there'd be great interest in one of these lower level bowls, at least around here. And, and I think the the fans would be pretty stoked about something like that. You could see a, a game that, you know, that's usually played in front of a half filled stadium be full if it's a border war bowl game between the two schools. But of course, Missouri has to get bowl eligible. They're not there yet. Kansas is. Missouri's four and five with three games to go. So they've got to win two more to get bowl eligible. I would absolutely love to see it in. Would love to cover it. To be honest with you, it would be uh, it'd be so much fun. But anyway, um, how about the game Devin Neal had last week against Oklahoma State? That that was as maybe as good as individual performance as KU's had this year on, uh, from an offensive player. Yeah, he gained over two hundred rushing. First game, he caught a ton of passes, and he was over a hundred. So that would be your first KU back to do that. Um, 200 rushing, over 100 receiving yards, and he was really good. He was fresh, he was fast, and uh, he really dominated along with Jason Bean, who had one of the great runs for quarterback at KU. <laughs> he dashed 73 yards, great speed. Yeah, that was that was quite the uh, the, hi the highlight play of the game. Where I think Devin Neal was the player of the game, but that Jason Bean quarterback keeper uh, was. Um, that was the play of the game. It was terrific yeah. to see for Kansas and another big crowd. So Jayhawks go down to Texas Tech on Saturday. And I, I wouldn't have any, any speculation on Jalen Daniels availability. Is he, is he, you think he's getting closer to a return or, um, or might we not see him the rest of the season? I think it's about the same. He's, um, they did not update this week at Live Cold's Monday presser. Um, but he's been practicing again, just like last time we talked, we don't know what that means. Is he just handing it off or is he really throwing the ball all over? So, uh, I don't think there are any strong feelings that have been leaked out yet. If, if he's going to play or not, but I would doubt this week again with being looking good and, yeah. uh, same deal if it's a shoulder that's pretty pretty bad area so yeah, yeah for sure same deal we we don't know okay 
All right, Gary. Well, always great catching up with you and uh, we will do it again soon. Thank you. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Monty Davis, George Howard, Randy Mason, and Jeff Rosen. Tip of the cap to Callis Robinette and Gary Bedore for sharing their insights. Morning Sports Edition was 43 pages today. Check out why I believe this is the nation's top digital sports section by going to liveedition.kansascity.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon with another Sportsbeat KC where we talk sports in Kansas City every day.